Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. What's going on, man? I am your other co-host, Cam. We're here on the stream. If you're with us on the stream, thank you for being here. If you're with us in podcast form, thank you as well, just as much, equally. We, we're, we, we're not those parents that have a favorite ch- child. We, <laughs> we love our streamer babies and our podcast babies equally. Yes. Um, except if you do both. In which case, we love you extra hard. Um, don't tell the others. Okay. Mm. Don't. Let's just keep that between us. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for being here. It's Tuesday night. Date of recording is June 15th. And man, we're coming off of some big movies. We're coming off of some big movie news. We've got lots, lots of irons in the fire right now. Big TV shows going on right now. So we've got, we've got lots to chat about, Kirk. But the big story this week is that we're reviewing a film that I would say amongst the 2021 releases it was probably at the top of both of our lists in terms of anticipation, a film called In the Heights. Kirk, do you right. agree with that statement? Easily. Easily, easily, easily. This is a movie that's been in the making since uh, when did it win the Tony? It's been in the making for 10 years, really, uh, just yeah, about. Yeah, 2008 was the, the original when when it won the Tony when it, yeah. when it debuted and Mr. Lin Lin Manuel Miranda won best score uh becoming the youngest uh person yeah. to win a Tony for that category which is in- incredible this movie has taken a long time to get to the screen uh they basically started the screenplay i think in 2010 uh mm-hmm. very shortly after but it went through a diff- couple different studios, lots of different writing, and just got passed and passed and passed and passed, which I guess it just wasn't the right time. Uh, That's and right. Then, then it finally was. So pretty yeah. nuts. Absolutely. So we'll be talking about In the Heights this week for sure. Uh, we'll be doing that at the end of the stream. And if you're listening on the podcast, then right now you're listening to the What's Poppin' episode. The In the Heights episode will be on uh, Friday. So a little mm-hmm. bit confusing, but that's our new format. We also had Loki come out last week. Um, and, and today is once again, Loki Eve. We've got, we've got Loki tomorrow. These Wednesday releases are really messing with my messing with my mind. It just doesn't feel quite right, but spilled popcorn is back. If you got to listen to the podcast for Monday, it's back. We've got a video on YouTube with all the details on episode one of Loki. Um, Strong start for Loki, Kirk. I have to say, I think it's a pretty strong start. What are your thoughts? I would agree. And you can hear all of our thoughts on Spilled Popcorn. Check it out in our video playlist here on the YouTubes. Check it out on our regular podcast streaming. Uh, wherever you stream your podcast, it's there. Uh, but we'll tell you here the two. If you like in Loki, give us a shout. You know, yeah. we want to hear. We want to hear from you because it's quite, uh, quite a feat for Marvel. They continue to branch out and build a bigger and bigger world. Yeah, I'm so excited to be back in a show that lends itself to outrageous amounts of wild speculation because yes. that I think when I look back, I, I have such fond memories of WandaVision. And when I think about why it's like, yeah, the show was great and I loved it. I really did. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I loved sifting through pages of comic books, looking through articles, pausing and rewinding scenes, looking for Easter eggs. I mean, I just loved that whole experience and Episode one of Loki delivered on all of those fronts. So it's mm-hmm. definitely scratching that itch for me. I'm, I'm loving digging into all of the, the weird stuff. And uh, I think it's going to, 
I don't know. I feel like this one could have a really big finish. I think we're building towards some pretty intense stuff. So I'm excited about it. Very excited. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think that about covers it. I think we've got a lot to get to in what's popping. A lot of Marvel news for all you Marvel fans out there. Not that there's ever a shortage of Marvel news. That's sort of the revolving door that just keeps spinning. But we've got it. We've got it if you want it. And And we've got some new casting news, which is always fun. Plus some trailer reactions. So I don't know, Kirk. What do you think? Should we should we jump into it? Well, you have to ask me first. So go ahead, ask permission, and we shall see if I grant it. May I have your permission, Kirk? Most honorable Kirk Kirkus McGurkus to pop it up. Dude, freeze. My parents used to call me Kirkus McGurkus. This is crazy. They really did. They did. Uh, so you must have time traveled like Loki and uh, found this out. So because you nicknamed me from my old nickname. You may pop it up. Yes. Wow, I actually, I could hear myself hitting the button like in my <laughs> mic. That's how authoritatively I hit that. Ooh, so yeah. that's good. Um, okay, where to start? Well, let's start with the Marvel since I since I teased it. We've actually got a few different things going on on the Marvel front, but I want to start with a fun one. So I don't know that we talked about it on the podcast because it's not really like a newsworthy thing, but Thor Love and Thunder did wrap production uh, yes. recently. Uh, I think last week actually was when Taika posted the photo, <laughs> the, the now infamous photo of like uh, Chris Hemsworth flexing super hard wearing that tank top <laughs> yes. uh, and him in his core get up, which is pretty great. But so that was the photo that kind of triggered that they've wrapped production. But now we're starting to get some of the fun things that come with wrapping production, which is that the crew on most productions gets a gift. And part of the crew gift this time, it appears, was a t-shirt and on that (laughs) t-shirt this is a really roundabout way to get this information but on that (laughs) t-shirt was our first ever look at the jane foster thor if you can see on the if you guys are on the stream on on the left hand side there we've got our our jane foster thor she's got the helmet she's got the red cape she looks very much thor like but this was a this was a t-shirt that was given given out to people who are close to the project kirk we're featuring here Thor in the middle, flanked by Valkyrie and the Jane Foster Thor. What's your take on the aesthetic? What's your take on our first look at uh, at Miss uh, Natalie Portman's take on Thor? Before I answer that question, I mean, it's a cool shirt. It's a very cool very shirt. Cool. But that's the present? That's the present of this multi-million I mean, dollar <laughs> film? Like, Listen, what? there was probably more, but it takes a lot of people to make a movie. Whenever you whenever you get through the oh, budget, man. it's like, man, we, we can only afford $15 a person. I don't like, know. <laughs> like, this is what we did in high school when musicals were ending. And they're like, hey, we got to get the shirts ready. We got to have them for the cast party, <laughs> right? right. Like, I, I'm glad to see that still just travels on into the uh, into the incredible world of Hollywood. That, that That's not just uh, limited to high school theater and community theater. But I love this shirt. I love it so much. I love that the capes are flying out of yes. the 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 rainbow uh, circle, which would would I assume rec, rec, uh, kind of represents uh, Asgard and and the pathway there because they have mm-hmm. to rebuild where Asgard, bridge, yeah. the rainbow bridge, where they're going to be living uh, Asgard on Earth, Asgard two. Um, it's pretty cool, and to see this roundabout way of what their what our heroes will look like in this jane looks awesome i think she's going to be uh fantastic they're going to finally use her uh to her fullest potential yeah absolutely what i what keeps hitting me with this is like i 
I don't think anyone could have guessed that Thor would be the first character to get a fourth movie in in his own series. You know, that's pretty. Yeah. It's actually pretty surprising. Like people, I think, would pick Captain America to be first, or certainly Iron Man. I mean, Iron Man had the jump on everybody with Iron Man two coming out before the Avengers did. Um, but no, it's Thor who beat them to the punch, and I'm glad that Chris Hemsworth is is one of the the people sticking around from that first phase. And I don't know what I was expecting with the Natalie Portman Thor, but it, it's, you know, it's basically the exact look that we had in the comics with, with Jane Foster Thor, uh, similar to how Sam Wilson's Captain America is the exact look as yeah. what was, what was in the comics. So I don't know that I, I guess I just keep expecting them to go against the grain and do something new and wild, but they haven't. And you know what? I'm cool with that. I actually am. I, I let's keep it classic. Let's keep it, Let's keep it looking good, and it does look good. I'm excited. Yeah, the, this is their their red herring. They're going to say, you know, in Phase 4, we're going to make them look exactly as they need to look, but we're throwing out all the plot lines. We're just going to confuse yeah, them sure. all together, which is likely so. It's very likely so. And who also would have guessed that Natalie Portman would have returned to the role that she yeah, said, I'm out very publicly, uh, because it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the strong female character as she knew that it could be, that they just kind of cast it aside. But yeah. thank goodness, because... Uh, you got your Academy Award winning actress. You got to bring her back into the mix. Absolutely. And the power of Taika Waititi. That's what I'm yes. talking that up as he's, he's amazing. She probably saw what he did with Ragnarok and was like, when Kevin Feige picked up the phone and gave her a call, she was like, yeah, I want to be a part of what, <laughs> what they're cooking up. Cause I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. And, and I'm excited. You know, te- we didn't even talk about Tessa Thompson here on the right hand side of this, uh, but more character development for Valkyrie who mm-hmm. appeared mm-hmm. just an itsy bitsy bit in Endgame, but um tessa thompson obviously a fantastic actor and i think that character has lots of room to grow so that's going to be that's going to be exciting this is this is an exciting thing um speaking of other exciting things going on in the marvel verse we're going to jump over to uh our friends at sony marvel with with spider-man so this is both mcu and sony and i want to show a quick little video we'll see if this works Okay. That was shared on the Sony Motion Pictures Mexico uh, Twitter account. Okay, all right. Let's let's see if this works real quick. Bring it to me. Hold on, hold on. Was it Mexico or was it Argentina? Well, it was Argentina, but also Mexico. Argentina deleted the tweet, but Mexico right. kept it up. So you'll see, if you're watching on the stream, you'll see the video now, which is it's the Spider-Man title treatment, No Way Home title treatment in Spanish. And at the end, what's a little bit different here is there appears to be a multiverse glitch with the title where it kind of like phases in and out. And the aesthetic is exactly the same as Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse with their multiverse glitches. Um, and that's interesting for a lot of reasons. First of all, because, and I'll, I'll stop sharing this so we don't have like, so my brain doesn't fry by watching this loop, <laughs> this 10 second loop over and over and over again. But the reason this is interesting is first of all, Marvel has obviously been very guarded with the whole multiverse thing. We all know that it's coming. We all know that that's the plot, but they've been very guarded about it. This feels like the first, like the closest, like actual confirmation that we've gotten from something coming out of Marvel. And also the fact that it is very similar to that, into the Spider-Verse aesthetic makes me wonder, is this a Miles Morales tease? Is this a tease that we could pull characters out of the Sony like 
animation Marvel verse and into this world where they would be reanimated into like real human beings. I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I'm leaning Kirk. What do you think? Yeah. I, I even could see. Yeah. Are you saying that like we could have a scene in this Spider-Man film where they become animated? Like potentially. Yes. Or, or vice versa that we, we see like miles and, and Gwen, like, in the spider verse world and then they come into the the real world because everything just goes haywire like that that's i don't know i know that's bonkers but i feel like it's possible i love it i really do i think that's exactly what needs to happen in order to bring those characters to life literally uh that would be exquisite uh i don't know how they could pull it off but well have we had something like that in the mcu already where they become like cartoons I don't think we have. We've had so. we've had Gar- Guardians Galaxy uh, Volume Two, where where they're in the hyper speed and they like lose their oh, minds in a psychedelic all the way. At once and they're like, yeah, their heads are like exploding. Yeah, so that was kind of almost like a test uh, in a way to be able to like how how far can we blur how weird this? Can we go? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I fully support having an animated scene in a live action movie if it supports it well. I mean, I think it would be slick. I think it would be slick. And 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 I don't know. I feel like Miles Morales has to come into play sooner rather than later. I just feel like he does. He's he's a massively popular character. He's an awesome character. And they've already teased that he exists in this Marvel Spider-Man world with the appearance of Donald Glover as as Uncle Aaron yes. in Spider-Man Homecoming. So they've they've already sort of like laid the groundwork for it so i don't know i i I obviously am just like it's confirmation bias i'm like yes this tells me exactly what i want to believe so i'm going to believe that that's what it's saying it could not be saying that but it does feel um it feels interesting feels too big to be nothing so that'll be something to keep an eye on you know what would be cool i mean marvel likes to hype up their movies by telling us exactly who is coming exactly who is coming in what role yeah. What if they didn't even say anything? What if? No, I know. What if? What if not... they like allowed some of this stuff to leak because it's going to get even crazier? And they're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, yeah, let them know about Doc Ock. Like that's fine." <laughs> but <laughs> you know? but guess what? We cast and filmed and put everything, uh, finished everything, final product, and had a full mile, live action Miles Morales, and none of y'all knew. That yeah. would be insane. That would be sick. And I. I would love for that to be the case someday. I really like, I really feel burdened by the knowledge that's available to us all the time. Cause wouldn't it be so cool if we went into the Spider-Man movie knowing nothing? Yes. And then they dropped all that crap on us. Like sure. People would come up with fan theories and stuff, but we'd all be like, Oh please. That's ridiculous. Like if we hadn't heard these news stories and these rumors, like none of us would be, honestly believing that that's the route that they were going so i wish i wish that was the case but it's not it's well i guess we only have one solution cameron we have to destroy the internet yeah i think you're right or or lobotomize ourselves one of the two okay yeah i'm down (laughs) or both i mean let me start our doctor's appointments (laughs) yeah whatever works this is how i talk hey there's this one set of memories it's linked to this new spider-man movie i was wondering if you could like Maybe electronically yes. remove them, zap them out of my head, cut them out of my whatever it takes, because mm-hmm. um, it's too much of a burden. Anywho, that's Spider-Man. Last piece of Marvel news is uh, She-Hulk news, which is this is the first time we've gotten some She-Hulk news outside of you know the fact that uh, Tim Roth is going to appear in the show mm-hmm. uh, 
reprising his role as Abomination and and obviously Tatiana Maslany being cast as uh, She-Hulk herself. But we've got our villain, Titania, who is the villain for She-Hulk in the comics, the the big villain. And uh, it's being that role is being filled by Jamila Jamil, who uh, came to fame in The Good Place and and mm-hmm. and received raved rave reviews for her appearance in that show. So we've got a villain. We've got, we've got a big villain, which is interesting. I think for these Marvel shows, because we've sort of had minor villains up till now, mm-hmm. you know, the Agatha Harknesses of the world, the, uh, the flag smashers of the world, uh, power right. broker, you know, these are not big names, but, but to me, she Hulk and Titania, that's a, that's a package duo. It's almost like, on a smaller scale, it's like Batman and the Joker. It feels like they had to do this, but I'm excited at the advent of a, a new big villain coming into the fold. Yeah, I've been uh, looking through my dad's old comics. Uh, plug your ears, Dad, because I'm going to make a fortune off of <laughs> everything that you just put away into a box because, man, are there some winners in some pretty good shape and found out Dad was a big, incredible Hulk fan and probably yes. also has about, I would say, I haven't done an official count, but there's about 15 at least She-Hulk comics. I'm 90% sure I saw Titania on the front of one of those covers. Maybe it's the first appearance. And then guess what? I'm only going to be wearing Versace in every episode after this. I love it. Just go glam. Just go all the way. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I'm happy for you. Thank you. And, and, uh, you know, if you want to invest some of those riches into this podcast, I'm not going to stop you from doing that. I think it's, it's your choice. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the order. I'm going to pay off my house. That's step one. Uh Okay. No more house payment done. Sure. Step two, Versace. Step three, invest in the podcast in that order. You got your priorities straight. I mean, I have to say, I think, I think it's, I think you're spot on there. So thank you. All the power you. to you. If you need any help inventorying those comics, I got your back. I need you this yeah. weekend. Let's do it. Let's do it. Inventory powwow. It'll be fun. Okay. What else? Oh, here's an interesting one. We'll, we'll just stay in Disney World because they're the ones who, not literal Disney World. I wish we were in Disney World, but Disney Space World. Um, mm-hmm. We will stay there because they have news all the time coming out the yin yang. They've got news on news on news. So that Beauty and the Beast prequel series starring Josh Gad and Luke Evans in their roles as LeFou and Gaston, respectively, has officially been greenlit. It was always just sort of like this thing that they had said they were going to do, but it wasn't actually getting uh, the move forward. Well, now it is. Variety has confirmed that they are moving forward with the show, that Disney has ordered it to series. It will be a Disney Plus series. Mm -hmm. And there are a few plot details coming out about the show, which is that... The story focuses around LeFou's stepsister. And LeFou goes by the name Louie. So there will be some backstory there. Um, but his stepsister, whose name I'm now forgetting. Stacy? Um, no, it is something with a Y, though. Libby? Lizzie? Something like that. Mm, I'll find out. But anyway, it basically focuses around... Some some sort of revelation about her past gets brought up, and they end up on an unexpected journey with her, um, kind of exploring that. So, very vague, very ambiguous, but this show's happening, and that is the general plot. What is your reaction? And it's and, sorry, last bit. I just I just had to hit stop here. It's going to be a musical. The show is going to be a musical. Well, that's exciting. That's yeah. exciting. I don't think you could do it without that. Her name is Tilly. Tilly, Tilly by the way. that's yeah, that's what I knew it was. Which reminds like me 
It reminds me of an old college uh, college uh, acquaintance who had a cat named Tilly as well. That's what I will think throughout this entire prequel series. I think that the uh, the idea that this is a prequel, not that exciting because let's be honest, the live action of Beauty and the Beast, not so great, really not so great. But I think it has a lot of opportunity to be super awesome by having, let's assume they have eight episodes and there's music mm-hmm. strewn throughout. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. I think Alan Menken's involved with this as well. Ooh. If I if I am correct, if he's still the alive, goat. or if I'm making that up off, uh, he's been dead for thirty years. I don't know, but I, I don't would think ass- so. I would assume that having that option of music in every episode is pretty cool because, as we know, they're canceling all art really like truly artistic things that just aren't getting enough viewership, which is sad, you know, like Zoe's ultimate playlist, like, or if that's the name of that show, uh, just got canceled after two seasons. And yeah. we need something with music. We need music interjected into our, our series regulars. And I think, I think I'm down for it. I'm down for it. And I, I hope it's, I hope it's good. Alan Menken is alive, by the way. All right. I, Thank I goodness. I knew that, but yes, I, I hope he's involved because he's the goat. For those of you who don't know, he's the, composer and lyricist behind many of the Disney classics. I think, I don't know. I feel like Beauty and the Beast is probably the biggest feather in his cap. I feel like he, you know, he wasn't the only one involved in that project, obviously, but he, you know, him doing that, the little mermaid, a lot of those movies that came out in like the seventies, eighties, nineties had his fingerprints I mean, all over them. Even still to this day, he, he, you know, he did work with on Moana with uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. So, I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's the goat. He's the, I goat. mean, he's got Aladdin tangled, uh, Lincoln, the film Lincoln, Little Shop of Horrors, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Just had to say that for Claude Froyo. And the list goes on. Enchanted. Uh, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Here's my take on this show. I I actually liked the... I, I did not think it was a bad movie, the live action Beauty and the Beast, but my thought was why. <laughs> because it was basically... you know It was one of those Disney remakes that was like pretty close to a shot-for-shot remake, except for the yeah. fact that they like added the bit about Belle's mother, which like why they didn't even make it a big deal. So it was, I thought it was fine, but again, it was like how I feel about most of the Disney remakes, which is why. Um, But I think Luke Evans and Josh Gad were debatably the best part of that entire film, their vocals, their, uh, you know, rapport, the way that they played off of each other from an acting perspective. But here's the big problem I have is with it being a prequel, we know that Gaston still has to be a literal piece of garbage by the end of the show. (laughs) So like, unless this is like, he started out as a really nice guy and now he's like a a lizard person, then I don't really like, there's going to be no character development, right? For him. So I just like, I don't know what the point is. I, I, I would, I, I mean, it can't be a sequel, I guess. Rest in peace, Gaston. But uh. <laughs> unless he's like a ghost, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Now that's a show I would watch. It's like the adventures of LeFou and Gaston's ghost, <laughs> and he's like he looks like Casper, like he's one of those yeah. white ghosts with like a tail coming off of him. Oh man, I would be all in on that. I would what? be all in on that. Disney missed the boat here. What, what were they thinking? One hundred percent. That we always say they need to consult popcorn for breakfast on all their creative ideas. That might Come be on. that might be the best split second creative idea that has ever been born out of this podcast. I absolutely love it. Yes, please. <laughs> so, at, you know what? On that note, I'm out on this show because there there were better chances. There were better there were better swings that should have been taken, and uh, so now I, I'm hurt. I really wish they would have gone the other way. Um, okay, moving right along, we're talking about Wonka again. We're talking about Wonka. 
Wonka, which is, of course, the prequel film starring Timothy Chalamet. It's coming to you, um, I believe. Well, it's in production, so I don't know that we know for sure when it's coming out. But we're getting some new details about this movie, and I thought these were interesting enough to merit discussion. Okay, the mm. the newest report, and this is coming from Discussing Film, which that is a great Twitter account. If you guys don't follow those guys, Discussing Film on Twitter, they've got all the news faster than anybody and 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 just like it's crazy they have tons of it um but what they're saying is that the rumors from their sources are that this is going to be a musical origin story set in the mid 19th century um so like industrial revolution time in england so Mm -hmm. i have been fairly against this concept from day one but i want to know kirk and i think you you've been in that camp as well but i want to know if the the advent of it being a musical does anything for you to to pique your interest it does it makes it better but i have to ask can timothy chamalay shalama can he actually sing have we seen him sing before i i believe we have okay Okay. i don't know if i think i think he might have seen sang in like briefly in call me by your name i think okay. he i th- did he sing in ladybird he was like a bassist in a band or something like that was he was he singing in the band in that movie yeah i don't know i'm not sure uh it, i mean it, i have no doubt that he can sing i mean he's probably multi-talented uh, listen like galore just like with the beauty and the beast prequel beauty and the beast prequel meh not that great whatever Add original music. Let's go. I'm in for it, and I think that this, uh, this, uh, this remake, this reboot should keep some original songs uh, from the mm. Gene Wilder, and then maybe it has the liberty of creating its own path as well. That would be yeah. exciting. That would be exciting. Oh um, man, if he sings, if he sings "Pure Imagination" as like mm-hmm. a piano-driven ballad, that would be an electric factory. I, I would. Be, yeah, that's that song is one of the best movie songs ever in history. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell if that's, I mean, the song itself is great. It's, it's nice. It's got a complicated melody. It's got a great feel. It's unique, but Gene Wilder, again, he's the X factor. He was the X factor that took everything in that movie and amplified it to the 10th power. I mean, he was, he's incredible. So it's, it's, it's just hard for me to imagine that character played by anybody else, even in a prequel, but We'll you know, I, I I wonder if we'll have a Matthew McConaughey moment with Tim uh, Chalamet, you know, because Matthew McConaughey was famous for just rom-coms. All he did, mm, all mm-hmm. he did was rom-coms. We have to remember this. And then all of a sudden he told, he told his wife, he said, I'm not taking another rom-com offer and didn't yeah. work for like two years straight up. He just kept saying no, kept saying no, got no other offers. And then. He got Dallas Buyers Club, and then he got Wolf of Wall Street, and just and so on and, and so forth. And yeah, yeah, exactly. all of them. And so I wonder if this is, you know, Timothy Chalamet is is one hundred percent a a teenage heartthrob, but everyone gets older in this business, so you That's have right. to be able to adapt and change and grow into what you kind of look like, right? So yeah. I wonder if this is a, a metamorphosis moment for him, and if so. I'm happy about it because I'd rather see the future Timothy Chalamet than, than the previous. Uh, much like, much like You're Bieber, um, you know, <laughs> much like Bieber. I was not. I was. I wasn't. I didn't hate on him, Bieber, before. But man, am I such a Bieber fan these days? Listen, man, Chalamet is is the past, present, and future. Okay, he is. <laughs> he is Christian Bale. He really is. I don't know. I mean, it's gonna. 
you're gonna have to get used to it, man. Get used to that name because it's it's sticking around. But I'm I'm coming around on the Wonka prequel. I mean, who am I kidding? I'll see it no matter what. But um, anywho, that's that's the latest. It's gonna be musical, we, so at least we'll get to sing the songs. We should dress up in like like we need to rent like three <laughs> full three piece purple suits. top hat. Yeah. Yes, and Cane. canes. <laughs> yeah, and I can yes. try to do that somersault thing that he does, where he like falls all the way forward and then does a somersault, but I'll break my neck and die. Yep. And then we'll watch the movie in neck braces, just like... Ugh. And then people will get to say at my funeral, um, he died doing what he loved, which is yes. face planting while trying to do the Wonka somersault uh, <laughs> that Gene Wilder does, which would be 100% factual. So yes. um, that seems like a good ending to my story, if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving right along. Next thing, we're going to do some trailer reactions. I love trailer reactions. I love it because I can pull the trailer up on the screen. We can talk about it while it's shown. But, you know, we're talking about the film In the Heights in just a few minutes here. Um, But I want to talk about another project by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's actually his directorial debut, and it's called Tick, Tick, Boom. And this is based off of the... um, musical by Jonathan Larson, who is, for those of you who do not know, who is he's the creative mind behind Rent, Jonathan yes. Larson, who died uh, tragically at a young age of, uh, of like an aortal aneurysm, isn't that? Yes. Yeah. Um, so widely believed to be one of the big, you know, the biggest musical minds uh, of his time, but uh, obviously died a little too early. But this is one of his lesser known projects. Uh, called Tick, Tick, Boom. Hold on, let me turn down the sound so we don't get pulled down for copyright here. Uh, (laughs) Just uh, (laughs) Just crank it all the way down. (laughs) But let me... You'll never find us. Yeah, so this is, like I said, Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut. So this is a big moment. It's going straight to Netflix. If you're watching on the stream, you can see the trailer right here next to me. Um, Andrew Garfield starring in this movie. Vanessa Hudgens also starring in this movie. And what's interesting about this movie is that the original musical Tick, Tick, Boom was meant to be semi-autobiographical of Jonathan Larson's life. But Lin-Manuel appears to have taken the approach of making it fully autobiographical to Mm -hmm. the point where the character, like Andrew Garfield is playing Jonathan Larson in this this movie. So that is an interesting take, but I want to get your take on this trailer, Kirk. Oh, it's mesmerizing. It's absolutely mesmerizing. This is what I want every trailer uh, for a movie to be uh, because there's like, look at this aesthetic. Like what's he doing there? Like you don't get that in a movie and there's just such good continuity. We we already know exactly the flavor that this movie, that this film will be. Um, I mean, Lin-Manuel doesn't have a directing win yet, but he sure could with this one. I mean, it would be it'd be quite a feat. He'd be pulling the old Emerald Fennell with the uh, you get your directorial debut and you get nominated right away. I don't know. Right, I don't know. Right. We'll see what happens. Andrew Garfield, though. I mean, love that guy. He's mm-hmm. he's incredible. Um, this also every trailer that I've seen has said in select theaters. Additionally, with Netflix because it is a, it is a Netflix um, film. Uh, original film so yep, it'll yep. it'll be interesting to see what the actual like release situation is because netflix did like buy up a few theaters so that they could release things so that things could get oscar contention so maybe they feel like this is this has a chance and that's why they're saying in select theaters that's what i was sort of reading into it but um yeah we shall see 
Yeah, it's kind of like Roma and the Irishman before, yes. pre, you know, pre-COVID, you know, that's kind of the feel it's getting with that. Yeah, in the fall release window, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you think it's just going to be an eyeball grabber, you might put it out in, in the summertime where people are going to the movies, they have free time. But if you if you think something needs to be an awards contender, you would release it in the, in the latter half of the year. So just sort of reading the tea leaves there. Um, so we'll see. It's one to keep an eye on for sure. But I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm digging the trailer. I'm digging the vibe. I think um, definitely at least excited to see what Lin-Manuel brings to the table as a director of a film. We know that he is seemingly successful at every single thing that he tries. So I am expecting more of the same there, but it, it'll be interesting to watch nonetheless. All right, Kirk, what did I miss? Anything Anything else you want to chat about? Oh, I've got nothing. I've We've got, got nothing. more Knives Out 2 casting, but I'm like, eh. It's, it's just it's, another it's, one. It's Jessica Henwick, which is great, but I'm like, they, they can't just stay in the news by just every week being like we've cast another person we've cast another person like that's a that's a trick and right. i'm on to you i'm on to <laughs> you ryan johnson and i'm done with your games <laughs> i mean at this point we have 72 stars a-list stars <laughs> yes that are jo- that have joined the cast of knives out too i don't know how they'll do it we just we talked on spilled popcorn about how oh avengers has seven really great <laughs> actors how are they gonna do it and it's like oh they keep doing it no this is ryan johnson's uh challenge uh, the ryan johnson challenge thank you hashtag <laughs> he he's going to he's going to burst that bubble of what marvel has done there's so many big actors in this it's insane yeah. how does he do it how are we going to get enough time for all of them i do not understand it unless it's a seven hour film which is also experimentally fun well see and i'm pretty sure there's a petition out there to get mr bean added to the cast of knives out too so that let's all let's all link arms fingers crossed there if that if i could find the petition i will share it because that would be absolutely incredible that would be absolutely electric i would love every second of it oh my goodness why mr bean (laughs) why not mr bean that's the question you have to ask yourself kirk that's the question all right, that's all we got. We're getting weird oh, now. Let's uh, let's pop it up one more time with your permission, of course. You may pop it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook at Popcorn the Number Four Breakfast as well as Twitter and Instagram at PFB underscore podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn4breakfast.com. We'll see you next time.